Join me on my journey as I explore wealth in all areas of life. I'm your host, Mindy Kinnis, and this is The Lucrative Society. Welcome, my friends. I have a special treat for you today. I am here with Amy McLaren. Amy, welcome to The Lucrative Society. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I am also excited. One of the things that I want to start out talking with you about is I'm so interested in how you have come to all the various things that you are doing today, but most especially one in particular. You and I have a very common interest, a common love of a certain place, a certain people group, but we have gone in two very divergent paths in terms of how we are interacting with with that love and with that passion. So for you, you actually started a nonprofit organization called Village Impact. And I would love to hear a little bit of the, the origin story and most specifically why you decided to start a nonprofit. Cause that's the piece that I'm like, I am not that interested in that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, what's funny. I, um, so to take it back a little bit, I, I never had these dreams and inspirations of starting my own nonprofit. Like I, that wasn't something that I kind of thought about every night or had on my vision board or things to do. But what I did really love is traveling. And I've, I've just been obsessed with traveling since I was little. I guess my, um, I grew up in the UK until I was 10. You can't tell now, but I used to have an English accent. Um, but I would travel a lot with my parents overseas and it was really easy, right? When you live in the UK, like you can cross over and there's so much culture and things are so close to you. And being Canada, it's just a little further apart, but still doable. But um, so I traveled a lot when I was a kid and that continued to my teenage years. And then I was on my first plane by myself at nine and then like traveled and volunteered a lot with my parents too. So we would do soup kitchens and we would always have people in our home um, during Christmas or times of the year and giving back and all this. So I, it was kind of giving back and traveling was, I've been doing it since I was little. And then I, um, like I said, I grew up and then I taught TEFL, so teaching English as a foreign language. I went overseas and then that kind of all grew. And then I met my husband and um, we were sitting down one night and we were watching Oprah's Big Give. And I don't, do you remember that show? Um, and it was like, we would watch it and then I would be like, cry and cry and be like, I really want to do that. Right. I want to do what Oprah does, but I want to do it overseas. It was like that international bugging me since I was little of helping others, but wanting to do it overseas. Um, and so we spoke about it. And at that time I was teaching because before I was, I guess, full-time entrepreneur, I was a teacher, a grade one teacher. And at that time I only had, um, Christmases off, right. Or two weeks of Christmas. So it was November. And we argue about this, but I was in November and I said, you know, <laughs> you're at that point, his business was starting and going well. And I said, you're the business guy. If you can just help me with the business, I'm really good at handling details and organizing things. So I'll find us a school to donate to or to give to. And then if you can help me fundraise the money, then that would be great. Right. Cause like you like, I, now I like business more than I did when I was younger. But at that point I'm like, you're really good at that. I love doing events and organizing. So he's like, okay, no problem. So we did at that point a tele fundraiser and we called it, um, we don't have webinars back then. So this is years ago. Right. And but yeah, they basically asked 10 of our friends to share their predictions for what the next year would be like in business. So to give business insights about the coming year. And then we charged for it. So we charged, I think it was $49. 
and then the money went to the charity or two at that point giving to a school in El Salvador which was our first like project and so we ended up raising about 14,000 in like two days right which is like amazing and we went to El Salvador and we chose El Salvador at that point because I had volunteered with an organization that had kind of a team on the ground there as well. And we had a friend in El Salvador and it wasn't too far away because I only had two weeks at Christmas. So <laughs> right. jam it all in right to two weeks. Um, so we flew down to El Salvador. We took um, some money with us. We had our visas and our debits. And we, we helped um, rebuild a little classroom. We painted it, we bought them a photocopier, and then we went to an um, all-girls orphanage and we helped at the orphanage there and sent, I think, like so many girls to school that year. Um, and it went really well and it was amazing. It was like everything that I had wanted to do. And we flew back that day or that week when we came back and Stu was like, okay, he's like, I think I, I get this now. Like, cause he had traveled a little bit, but not kind of to the point where I had where I like living with families. Like we lived with a family when we were in El Salvador. We actually lived in their community. We learned from them and we lived from them, lived with them. And that's one of my favorite parts too. Like I, when I travel, I like to be in the community. I don't want to be, I like fancy hotels. <laughs> exactly, right? You wanna, there's so much you can learn from people that, from other cultures and different people. And that that's what I wanted to do. So we lived with them and then we flew back and he's like, okay, like let's do it. Um, let's try it again. So then we did it again the following Christmas. We raised more money and then we ended up in Africa. Um, but at that time it was Ghana. Yeah, so we we're getting closer and closer to Kenya, which is where we are now. But then we went to Ghana um, and that we learned a lot in Ghana, but that wasn't where we ended up. We ended up in Kenya. Um, but that second fundraiser we did, we did the same format and we raised double. Um, and at that point <laughs> we were running it all through our business. And we're like, we can't keep running it through our business. We have to start a nonprofit. Um, and or start something because it was getting a bit crazy to be doing it through your business because we were paying taxes on it and our right. account, our writer, my account's like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> um, yeah, so then that's when we kind of started our own nonprofit um, and it's grown kind of to what it is today. But it started in El Salvador um, with one classroom. <laughs> oh, I love it so, so much. Now tell me this, what ultimately what made you decide to choose Kenya as the focal point that it is now? Yeah, it's funny. We get asked that question a lot. Honestly, it, it's not that I was geared like Kenya was it. For us, it came down to connection and who we knew. And for us, um, like I mentioned, we, we arrived in Ghana one Christmas and we stayed in a refugee camp and we helped with a feeding program. And that went well, but then it got a bit shady in the money. Like I wasn't confident that the money was going to what it was. And it was only like one visit that we had there and I didn't feel comfortable. So we went back home after that trip, helped a lot of people, but we put a bandaid on a lot of stuff and it didn't feel good. Like I wasn't making relationships or the connections I wanted. So we went back to the volunteer organization I worked with before. And I kind of said to them again, like anywhere else in Africa, we can help. Like I didn't, and like we had a great experience, but it wasn't um, long-term. Like I didn't, it didn't feel good in my gut. It, you know, we, it just wasn't right. Um, so then they said, well, you need to meet Irene and you need to go to Kenya. So I'm like, oh, okay. So, <laughs> so that's how we ended up in Kenya. It was just, we landed, we met Irene who works with us now. Phenomenal lady. She's known as like the mother Teresa of Kenya. I have sent her literally millions of dollars and she sends me back to the penny where this money goes. Um, and it's, she's, I couldn't do it without her. I've traveled with her now. I work with her. I talk to her frequently. 
Um, and she's just this beautiful woman that has um, so many talents in a lot of different ways. But yeah, so now we, we ended in Kenya. We have a great relationship with her and her team and my team work with her. And now, like I said, I know exactly, I can tell you down to the penny where our money goes. And as leading any organization or any business, especially when you're taking care of the donor's money, you need to know where it goes, right? So that's how we ended up in Kenya. <laughs> and now here we are. I mean, we've built 15 schools now. Um, and it's with her help um, and guidance for sure. And that's kind of how we ended up in Kenya. And now I wouldn't, I love it. Like you, like it's a special spot in our hearts and I'm missing it terribly right now with COVID and not being able to go. Um, but yeah, so that's how we ended up there. Amazing. I know. I think you and I both were supposed to be there last June and just everything got canceled. So it wasn't, wasn't an option. So talk to me about this. One of the reasons that I started this podcast is because in my life, in my personal life, in my business life, my relationship with money has always been a, a thing and something that I am to this day very conscious about and very actively engaged with in building and growing that relationship. I want to know from you, because you have so many different businesses, you have your nonprofit, all of these different things. I would love to know how you think about money. You know, some people think about it from a scarcity perspective. Some people think about it from well, all, all kinds of different perspectives, but how do you think about money? Yeah. You know, I think my relationship probably like you, it's like, it's differed and grown over time. And the more kind of when we got into the charity, the more I, I really do believe like there's nothing wrong with money. And my husband and I always say like making money is an amazing thing because you can do so much good with making money and direct it in any way that you can. So it, at the beginning, I, I would maybe worry a bit more about money and like, and now it's like, as our business has grown, we found the more, the more you give back and the more you think with being generous and being not that scarcity mindset, knowing that, you know, it's, it, money's good. There's nothing wrong with making money. Like, I mean, my husband has very openly said how much he's, we've made on launches or what he's done for his business, but it's just the amazing you thing you can have with what money can bring. And, you know, we do his North Results, which owns um, Searchy and various other businesses my husband is involved in, donates our overhead for the charity. So that clears our overhead. So we, we tie as much as we can into giving back and leaving the world a better place. I mean, even for us, we do big surprises for, for friends every year. So it's like giving a travel, again, the travel, <laughs> giving away a big super travel surprise to friends that would never might not have that opportunity. I mean, Stu took two of his buddies to Fiji on a big kite surfing trip. That was all a big surprise two years ago. And we love giving anonymously too. Like it's, it's just great. Money is not a bad thing. It's an amazing thing because you can do so much good with it. And that's what it's about. It's about giving back. It's not about I like, yes, take care of yourself. I believe in like saving. I mean, of course we save, you know, but it's also about giving. And so we're very, you know, we give, we save and we spend. And we teach that with our kids too. And they have little jars and they have a little business and they give, they give a portion of their proceeds of the business to other people. And they're in charge of who they give it to. It's not mom and dad saying, you know, you have to give it to this charity this month. It's like, no, who do you want to give it to? Do you want to buy a new pair of, what are these shoes? My, you know, the old school shoes with the wheels on the bottom. Oh Ooh. yes. So my daughter all of a sudden now wants these rolly shoes that I thought were so dated, but apparently they're coming back. I don't know. She's not <laughs> me neither. 
And I have no, and I'm like, wow. So I'm like, well, we have this, you know, you get paid in our little business next week when we're done our work. So we have give, save and spend and we go to the bank, put it in the bank and they go out and they spend what they want. And so for giving, my daughter wants to buy a pair of these shoes for somebody else um, that she wants to get. So I think it's also about teaching that to our children too. And, and being not hiding that you're giving. Cause I think there's a good thing that comes with saying what you're doing and giving back um, both ways, you know what I mean? Cause some people will say, Oh, you don't, you shouldn't share that you're giving this much to someone because they believe in doing it anonymously, which I do believe in for, you know, some things, but then it's also inspiring others to do the same. Do you know what I mean? Like showing my kids to give back is so important because it makes the world a better place and it doesn't have to be money. I could go on forever. Like it doesn't have to be money. <laughs> I could be just doing something you're really good at and and donating that time to somebody like the world would be so much better if we just gave and gave and not worried about what you're going to get out of it because that's not what it's about a hundred percent I I so agree and it's great to talk with somebody that's so resonant in a lot of these ideas tell me about this though because for me one of the the challenges at least earlier in my life in my career was I thought, oh, well, looking back, I know that I was overgiving. I was more concerned about the kids that I was sponsoring in Africa. I was more concerned about donating, donating, donating. And for me, it, it was definitely a worthiness issue. Like I was just giving, 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 giving. And then it became, to my own detriment, such a, such a disaster in my life. But you seem to have a very balanced view of the receiving and the giving. And I wanna actually tie this in. I wanna know about your mindset on how, like maintaining that balance. Mm -hmm. But also recently on, I, maybe not that recently, a while back on Instagram, I saw a post that you had made where you talked about fulfilling this dream that you had had of, well, I'll just let you share what that is. But I was like, holy shit, Amy, this is awesome. And, in order to fulfill that dream, you need to have had some cash. <laughs> so for us, like we all, so we kind of like categorize, categorize it or like we, 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 we do a give back every year. So we commit to giving back to family, stranger, friend every year. So we kind of have through those three pots, like the give, the save and the spend, right? So it's like, we know that we super surprise somebody once a year. And we kind of have a budget in line for like what we want to do for that. And then we always have like a, a saving goal in terms of, you know, how much money we want to save. And sometimes that means saying no to some things because we want to save more on this project that we're going on or whatever. And then um, give saving. And then the thing is spending because there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, wanting, wanting things. That you want. And I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm really materialistic. I'm not somebody that, you know, loves coach bags and there's nothing wrong with that either. If that's your thing, that's amazing. But I'm not, I, I don't, really you know, it's not my thing. thing. <laughs> like, I don't really care how what brand my bag is or, yeah. Um, so for me, it's, to me, it's experiences. So for us to like give back to ourselves, this experiences with my husband and I on our date, it's our family experience. Um, so when we planning out our year, I was actually just doing that on a call with my team for the charity we coordinate all of our teams together to plan out the year. And with COVID, things have changed, but we always make sure that we have those three categories. So it's the giving, the give big give surprise that we do every year. And then, you know, Stu and I work towards a goal in our businesses of what we're doing. 
and then the spending. So we kind of have an idea every year and we stick to those things. So we, and if we decide that year to, you know, make it a bigger surprise, then we add more layers to it if we want to, or, um, so that's where we can choose to maybe overgive, but it's that one experience or that's that one thing that we're doing. And then throughout the year, like you have things come home from school or you're at the grocery store. And I always, I always add the dollar or extra $5, you know, when they say round up, like I always do those. Do you things. like to donate? Well, yes, I would. <laughs> yeah, and I'm always like, I always round it up or add a couple of bucks, but we just focus, you know, I find something that really connects with us because the travel and the giving back and the experiences mean so much more to us as a family and, and what aligns with us that that's our give. So we kind of just focus on that because it feels right. But then we kind of, like I said, we layer it depending on, you know, if, if the experience we can add something in, or if we don't, if we've given somewhere else more, like it's just kind of, that's how we do. I don't know if that's helpful. <laughs> yeah, it is for sure. So talk to me about this, this creation of this dream that you had had. Yeah. So I, um, I've always, it's funny. I've always loved creating experiences as you probably got by now. Like <laughs> I love creating our donor trips to the charity. I love creating unique events and experiences. It's what I just, I could talk details on that like all day long. And um, I've always wanted to have like my own hotel <laughs> or my own like space or my own event space. Um, and then recently we just built, um, we've called it the Dover Lake House. And we've had this piece of land in Port Dover in Ontario on Lake Erie for, oh my goodness, like 11 years. And we bought it years and years ago when we honestly could just afford it, but we didn't have the money to build on it, but we just knew we really <laughs> wanted it. And I had to go around at that point to like seven different, or no, five different banks to get funding because we were just starting our entrepreneurial career. And as you know, banks don't like entrepreneurs that much. <laughs> so I finally, I got funding for this piece of dirt basically, and it sat for years. And then we've had people wanting to buy it. And then people were like, put in an offer and Stu and I'd be like, uh, no, no, it's okay. We don't want to sell it. And then, and I'm like, no. And we didn't really know what we were going to do with it. The whole goal was to build our, our lifelong home on it. But then things changed, right? We came closer to the city. Things changed a little. Um, so, so then we had this piece of dirt and we kind of got to a point where we were able to put something on it. And the whole point was to create this experience. So we built this lake house. It's not a huge, massive mansion by all means. It's like a three bedroom place. It's beautiful. It has amazing views. We have our own private beach area. And in that I started listing it on Airbnb and we've done really well in like the six weeks that I've had it listed. And I love it. I like put the chocolates on the pillows. I've created kids packs. You know, when you take kids for, they go away on family trips and you're going planes and you have the kids backs packs for the kids and there's things to do. So I've created kids packs. I, you know, I've done all kinds of stuff because I just probably overboard, but that's what I love to do. And I've, I've wanted, wanted to create like this, five-star event, like hotel boutique feel to it. Um, and so far, so good. I've got lots of five-star reviews um, and it's booking out and um, it's exciting. So that was like, that was definitely a dream of this whole creating experiences for people again, but having a spot to be able to do that and, you know, run it. It's a business investment and um, it's, it's going well and our family will enjoy it a little bit, but we're not there to go to go there all the time because well, it's an hour away and I love where we live now. So we go, we go down every now and again, but um, yeah, it's just creating again, epic experiences for people and a place to go. I love it so much. I mean, I just want to 
restate something that you said. You, you kept calling it this piece of dirt. And I'm like, people, that is where the seeds of dreams are planted <laughs> in the dirt. <laughs> it definitely is. And like, you know, it's so it's this like we have other properties that we have, but this piece of dirt represents so much. Like Stu and I were just talking about it this weekend when we were there for Thanksgiving. And it's like this piece of dirt that we invested in <laughs> years and years ago, and we couldn't like we could just afford to pay the mortgage on it. But again, we had no idea what we were going to build on it. We didn't even, you know, we didn't even, to be honest, we didn't even properly do our research to find out how big or what we could do on it. Um, but we just knew <laughs> because that it didn't, it didn't matter though. Like, yeah, I love really. that you, you had the dream, you had the vision and you're like, I'm going to hold on to it until we figure out what that is. That's a, it's such a great story just and so resonant for so many of our listeners. So Amy, I have a framework that I ask all of my guests and I would love to know from you about these four things because you've got a lot going on. You have two kids, you're married, you have multiple businesses, you have your nonprofit and probably a whole assortment of other stuff in your life. So this framework is really about some of the details in your life in terms of just how do you get everything done? How do you stay balanced? How do you stay focused on the things that you find important? The framework is called HERB, H-E-R-B, and the H stands for habits. What are some of your habits, either daily, weekly, monthly, just things you do consistently? Yeah, so I'm I'm a big advocate exercise. I I like taking care of your health, the priority is like priority for both Stu and I. I mean, we're not in our 20s anymore. And now more than ever, like I like to think I am sometimes, but you know, you have to take care of your health. So for us, um, water, water, I drink water, but it has been a struggle. But I recently developed a new habit that I'm liking. I drink way too much tea. I think it's the British inside me. But now every time before I have a cup of tea, I fill the cup with water. I drink the water and then I make the tea and that's become a great habit of me getting water inside my body, <laughs> but um, an easier way for me to do that. I also have a water jug that I carry around. So water um, exercise, we have, we invest in a trainer and it's cheaper for our trainer to come to our house. And I wouldn't go to a gym anymore anyway with COVID, um, but he comes and he comes to Sue and I and having somebody that comes it is more expensive, but it's, again, it's investing in your health, right? And like, he comes and he shows up and he kicks my butt every Accountability. Day. And it's someone I know I can't cancel and I know he'll make me do five more burpees when I don't want to do five more burpees. Um, but even that, like he'll, and sometimes he's done it through Zoom. So definitely exercise for me. Like, yes, you could have a trainer, but even not, there's so many things you can do now, right on Zoom and online that are free and apps you can do. Um, but having accountability or someone, even if it's not a trainer, it's a partner or doing it with your partner or a friend has been, um, that's one habit that we've gotten into that I love. And then when we're kind of, we've really trying to work hard is like putting down our phones, um, being parents, it's being present is so important to us. We take our kids to school every day, we pick them up and then there's a certain time the phone goes away. Um, we've been putting it like when we walk in in a little basket to put it away but we're, we're still working on that one because being an online entrepreneur, it is, it's hard, but struggle with that a little bit, but we're trying to create that habit of putting it away um, and then not looking at it until the kids are at school in the morning um, and diving in that way. Yeah. I think that's really nice to have a, a, a physical space 
so that you know, you know, when your phone is in there, it's, it's time to be present with the kids, which perfectly leads me into the E in this framework. E stands for environment. What are some of the things that you allow in or do not allow in to your environment? That could be your home, office, wherever you find yourself. Don't, uh, don't allow any um, thing that feels heavy. Anything that's like, I don't know, this could be like, you know, any, any, rela any relationship to or anything that feels just really heavy and, and not, not good energy, we, we don't do. We don't like stress in our life. So we do things that like feel good. And if they're not jiving with us and they don't feel good, we just don't, we just say no. And sometimes we've said no to things that could probably make money, but if it doesn't fit for our values or make us feel good, um, and what we're trying to build in our family for us as individuals and for our relationship, we don't kind of let that energy in or that project. Um, when it comes to like desk space, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting right now in my husband's desk because he didn't get a chance to clear it off. It drives me crazy because there's so much, there's like notes everywhere. He writes everything on paper and he's- I'm, all, I'm you know, very happy that you can't see my desk. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I, just, I, I like things more clear and then I, I'm just, yeah, but- I'm, he loves the paper and the writing and I, I do too, but he does it a bit more than me. So I, for me, it's like, I like having a, just a clear space that I can come into and it doesn't feel like there's so much happening, like on all the different spaces, um, for myself anyway. Nice. Now R stands for resources. Resources could be books, programs, materials, mentors, any sort of resource. But what are some of the resources that have really impacted or influenced you that you would recommend to others? Yeah, so I don't have um, a, one app that I'm using right now, um, and maybe you've used it as Marco Polo. Do you know that one? No, what is it? So I, I'm really enjoying it um, more for connection, especially during um, this time that we're in and maybe with COVID, who knows how long it's going to take. But it's, it's great because it's like, walkie-talkie but with video so it's like instant messaging but it's video um nice. so i i like that because in my mastermind that i run we connect on that and there's something about seeing somebody's face right i mean when when you can actually see somebody talk about something you can read so much off their face and understand what they're going through a little bit more or um no so we've been using that a lot. I, I don't, I use it for business, but I also use it with my mom. Um, so she'll Marco Polo, my kids and the kids will Marco Polo her back. And it's great because it's all contained in one spot <laughs> and I can see their conversations and my daughter uses it with her friends. And it's, so we've been using Marco Polo a lot for that. And to round out our herb framework, I should be saying herb. That's the British version. <laughs> <laughs> So it translates properly, herb. <laughs> so the B is beliefs. What are some of your core beliefs or the ways in which you see the world that have influenced the woman that you are, the woman that you are becoming? The, the thing is, for me, like I, I keep going back to being a parent just because I, I think it's such a, it's so important, especially I have a son, so I have a nine-year-old son and I have a, I'm sorry, his six-year-old son and a nine-year-old daughter. But I, I really want them to see like what's possible for their life by watching me live mine. And I, that's just so critical for me, but like raising, uh, raising a girl and I want her to have confidence. And so I really believe like as a woman, like, so I've seen so many women just put 
what they want to do on hold or think that it's not the right time or or delay it or think that they can't have you know raise a family and live the life of their dreams and you can <laughs> it takes balance and sometimes like you've got to say no to stuff and it's not all perfect and get very messy but it's not worth putting off what you want to do it's you you have to listen to yourself and your what you're passionate about and what lights you up because like as i look at my daughter she she copies everything that i do every day and it's just so critical that you know i show her me failing or me winning or me pushing myself and speaking on stage which i i, I don't mind but it's really hard for me to do <laughs> i'm not natural at it but i do it because i believe in my message or i believe in fundraising for my charity and helping those kids in kenya and pushing myself out of that comfort zone um so it's important for her to see that too and my son right so and that's what life is like you we're, we were put on this planet to live an amazing life and for you to live the life that you want to like you don't want to be living someone else's life or like the, one of those quotes about writing you know writing someone else's book like it's your you were put there and it's like having kids is amazing but it doesn't mean you have to like all of a sudden change what you wanted to do and do it 30 years down the road because who knows what's going to happen next year next week next month right so um you you've got to follow what you want to do and not put that on hold all the time. So that's one of my big beliefs. <laughs> Which is so important. I'm so happy that you said that. I mean, I don't have kids, so I can't speak to that in that same way, but yet my message would still be the same, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's with a spouse, whether it's with children, whether it's with parents, whatever, it's like, whose life are you actually living so I, I so appreciate you saying that and especially with kids because as they say like they will do what you do not what you say so you could tell your daughter oh go live your dreams go do anything you want and if she's watching you not do that that's, that's gonna happen so know, watching you come home every day complain you know or you know we all complain to some point but you've got to do change doesn't just happen you have to create the change you have to make the decisions and you have to follow what you want to do otherwise it's not just gonna knock on your door one day like skip the dishes and like here you go here's the life that you want right <laughs> so. totally so so true so amy this has been absolutely delightful i of course could talk to you about kenya for the next you know 40 hours <laughs> but we won't do that so as a parting thought for our listeners where can they learn more about you if they want to just figure out what you're up to or they want to get involved with Village Impact or whatever, where would you like them to go? And I'll link to anything on the show notes. Yeah, so you can, um, on my Instagram, Amy Dow McLaren, I share pretty much everything from business to life to parenting to charity stuff. But we do have a Village Impact um, Instagram account. And then Amy at Village Impact is where you'll find me most days. Like I, my heart and love is really in Kenya. So I spend a lot of my time there and then I've dabbled um, in other things, but that's really where I do spend a chunk of my time um, for sure. So yeah. Fantastic. I look forward to someday hanging out with you in Kenya, <laughs> going, to, going to some of those lovely restaurants over there and uh, checking out the schools that you guys have built. I'm, I'm super excited to to do all of that. So I just want to say thank you for your time, but more so for being an example for women, powerful, dream-driven, generous rock stars. I just totally appreciate that. And thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening. 
Make sure to subscribe to the Lucrative Society on iTunes, and please leave a review of the podcast. Visit lucra.com for transcripts and resources, or to become a member of the Lucrative Society, where I coach purpose-based entrepreneurs on business, mindset, and heartset. Lucra, where wealth equals well-being.